as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. We pivot to our Cameron County leadership. Let's go to the courthouse. Eddie Trevino is judge for our county in Cameron County. SpaceX in the news a lot of late, judge. So, man, we got a list of topics to talk about. Let's talk first, uh, get your reaction to uh, one of the the appeals court decision recently on, on beach closures in the area for all the business that SpaceX needs to conduct. And with the promise of SpaceX growing by a million square feet in production and, and turning out more rockets and a second launch pad, they need to use the beach more often. So I want to get your thoughts on where we stand right now and how we can accommodate SpaceX expansion. Actually, we're still obviously reviewing the opinion, trying to, 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 to determine exactly what the short and long-term impact of it will be, but I can I think it's safe to say that there'll be continued uh, appeals of of this particular decision by the Court of Appeals to the uh, Texas Supreme Court, and uh, which will probably be the, the final arbiter with regards to this. But the 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 initial decision or impact uh, of the Court of Appeals decision is something that obviously could could put a damper on on part of our activities. And it actually, I think, creates much more of a danger uh, or risk of it to to the area and to the environment. Um, so the the impact is we want to be able to be a full service uh, space operation, which is obviously the the constructing, the maintaining, the research, testing, development, and operation of the of the Starship. And in order to accomplish the goal and meet the timeline, the calendar of the of the flights back to to uh, back to the moon, and then obviously uh, Mars and other points after that, uh, the second launch pad is something that's uh, that they need to to be able to develop and and utilize. So we're hopeful that uh, that this opinion uh, has some has some uh, analysis. That uh, can be uh, can be reviewed, and uh, and allow what we think has been developing an operational system, where uh, both SpaceX has the needed time and necessary time in order to conduct their operations and testing, mm-hmm. and uh, we also at the same time try to protect as much time uh, and access to the beach as possible. The restrictions that were addressed by the court were, I do believe, uh, voter approved. Uh, a state law that was voter approved. Do we need then Austin, the legislature, to readdress the issue specific to Boca Chica slash Starbase? That's another issue I'd like to hear your opinion on the whole name change. The, but do we need the legislature yeah. to address the issue at the beach and how often SpaceX needs to use it? Because if this thing ramps up full throttle, uh, they're going to need a lot more time. Right. The the. The legislative aspect of it, uh, I believe, was passed by the legislature, not by not by uh, the voter, okay. and it allowed the ability to close uh, the highway and or and or the beach during uh, during space operation or flight flight operations. The um, the the idea that if that needs to be addressed, and obviously we'll be working towards that over the next year as we prepare for the next legislative session uh, in what is it January of twenty five. Yeah. Eddie Trevino is our Cameron County judge. Yeah, Judge Tim Sullivan here. And the other issue involving SpaceX, the proposed land swap with the state so SpaceX can expand its footprint on Boca Chica and comments by Commissioner Garza uh, saying that the county was blindsided by uh, the news of this proposed land exchange and said he was disappointed that it kind of baffled that SpaceX didn't notify the county ahead of time about this. And you've written a letter 
to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission regarding this. What what did you say or ask for in that letter? The the, the point that we wanted to make, and I think Commissioner Garza uh, was was first out of the chute, as so to speak, was that we had been working with other state agencies uh, regarding these particular uh, uh, land uh, areas, these swaps, not swaps, but but these particular locations to develop uh, county uh, parks and also conservation efforts. So uh, we were surprised that they were being considered as part of this land swap. The swap itself really is not the concern. It's the, uh, we wanted to make sure, and we want to make sure that the county is part of the discussion and planning going forward for those 47 acres and the 430 acres on both sides of Highway 100 mm-hmm. uh, there in Laguna Vista. So so really that's, that's our concern. The, the swap for of the 477 for the 43 is not it was not uh, our 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 problem our problem was that we've been working towards utilizing these particular tracks and we want to make sure that we are part of the discussion and planning uh, going forward and the, uh, the 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 discussions that I've had in the last uh, week or so uh, two weeks have have been such that we feel confident that uh, Texas Parks and, the, and Cameron County have had a great working relationship, and we've had great results. So True. we feel confident that we'll be able to get something uh, worked out on that. It was just we were working on one. Unfortunately, this is where the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing, and uh, and I think some of the other state agencies may have also been uh, caught surprised uh, when the news came out uh, of this potential swap. And, of course, you are dealing with a private landowner who can arguably sell the land to whoever he wants to do. So... I think this is just a situation where we're trying to make a, a lemonade out of a, out of a lemon situation, and I think I feel confident that we'll be able to get that done, to uh, so that it's mutually beneficial for everyone. So even if the uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife Department does take over that property, you feel that you'll be able to work with the state and do what. I think you had planned to do with regards to expanding the South Texas Ecotourism Center there. Exactly, exactly, and 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 I, I think it fits well within the 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 mandate uh, of of parks and wildlife, along with the overall idea of conserving more and more uh, land uh, for environmental concerns, and at the same time providing some parks and or recreational activities for our for our local uh, residents plus our all of the visitors we have to the region and the South Padre area. Who does own those parcels of land that straddle Highway 100? I I I I really don't know the details on that. Uh I haven't gotten into the weeds but uh, um I know that it's a private uh, a landowner. Yeah, so if, if SpaceX is proposing this deal if, and if SpaceX doesn't own that property, how can they even propose this swap? Well, like I said, uh, a lot of the details are still in the situation, uh, you know, in the making. And I don't know that SpaceX doesn't own or that or, or a related entity mm. doesn't own or, the uh, the tracks in particular. Or, um, or maybe some behind the scenes negotiation that they already know. Maybe we're working on that business deal, ex- right? Uh, exactly. We, we 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 had been working with uh, with uh, GLO and TCEQ along with NOAA and it fund and it uh, submitted a grant application okay. to NOAA for for this particular track, the the the, the northern one, the smaller one. Eddie Trevino is our camera county. Yes, sir. Eddie Trevino, our camera county judge, joining us. Boca Chica to be renamed Starbase. Want to get your opinion on that? What do you think? What 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 the what the intent uh, and the and the expectation is to be able to have uh, Starbase have its own um, postal zip code so that it 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 its own area. The I think the idea of of creating its own city or, or town incorporating uh, is a lot more uh, tedious and onerous and comes with a lot more. Uh, not necessarily responsibility, but but needed activity. That I don't think that that's really what their intent. They want to be able to to market yeah. Starbase, which already is as Starbase. We, you know, even if it was to incorporate the beach, will always be 
uh, Boca Chica Beach, and mm-hmm. I don't think that that's going to change. So that's why the support for uh, getting their own zip code, naming that area of of of, of the development as Starbase, really is 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 understandable. And if it helps market the area yeah. more, uh, but it doesn't impact the name of Boca Chica Beach, we're, we're fine with that. Well, maybe we could fuse both names, like give it some sex appeal, Starbase Chica, like, like yeah, something like that. Yeah, or yeah, or. Like you just said a minute ago, Dallas Arlington. Yeah. (laughs) Starbase Boca Chica. Starbase Chica. All right. Judge, uh, thanks for the update. We got a lot more to talk to you about, but we'll touch on all those projects for 2024 at a later date. That's our Cameron County Judge, Ed Trevino. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United crisp, clear audio, and access to previous programs from 710-KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. We have the McAllen State of the City address, and we're going to let our mayor, fearless leader, get some extra Z's this morning. So we're calling on the city manager. Because after all, the city manager runs the city anyway. Roy Rodriguez for McAllen joining us right now. I want to touch on some of the economic highlights. $93.7 million retail activity, third per capita, cities that have 100,000 people or more. McAllen has always been the leader when it comes to retail activity in South Texas. And you, Frontline, seeing some of the permitting and maybe some of the business movement taking place? You expect to see more retail come to McAllen in 24. What do you say, Roy? Good morning, Sergio. Yeah, we do because, uh, you know, this is not an accident. Um, before the pandemic hit, we, we really started working on our strategy. And part of our strategic plan was to put what we call a cooperative together. Uh, many of our departments and outside agencies focused on, on recruiting uh, to bring in industry, bring in companies, and bring in visitors to, to McAllen. So we've done a tremendous job. Uh, the staff has... Uh, to do that, and we're going to continue to, to use that strategy moving can, forward. Can you touch on the what was mentioned by Mayor Javier Villalobos, that three-year strategic plan for community investment? Can you highlight that real quick? Yeah, so we've, we've done several programs in the last several years. One focused on downtown, uh, you know, to revitalize downtown. We're still working on that. And then we also started a program... Uh, uh, where we picked uh, several corridors. For example, we picked South 23rd, South 10th Street, Business 83, uh, and things like that to, to, again, help those corridors upgrade their facades, uh, their buildings, their parking, and just make things look look better, you know, in those very important corridors where our friends from the South and, and friends from around uh, the state of Texas come into to our city, and this is the first the first thing that they see. And so... We've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on that, and it's been a great investment because, like the mayor said, I think we've spent a little over somewhere between 400000 and $500,000, and the total investment by owners has been about $9 million. so the return is amazing. Roy Rodriguez, our city manager for McAllen. Again, we're reviewing some of the key economic numbers from the state of the city address presented by Mayor Javier Villalobos. McAllen, back to, back-to-back years with $100 million bucks hotel activity. But we need to, I think, put an asterisk to this, Roy, because we got a bunch of DPS people sent by the governor down here, and then Florida DPS and Florida soldiers, all these people that are helping out with the border. If we didn't have those folks here, uh, that number likely would not be north of $100 right? Well, that's certainly possible, and we we understand that. But I'm going to tell you something else, Sergio. Uh, There's a lot of overflow into other cities, where occupancy rates are also higher. And so, um, 
you know, if you ask our hoteliers uh, here in McAllen, what they see uh, the biggest impact is when we have events, whether it's the, the South Pole or the parade or the marathon, they really see uh, increases in occupancy around those uh, activities. And that's why it's so important for us to have activities all year round. You know, uh, you know the major cities of Texas and the United States have some attraction uh, to us all year round, and that's our goal. That's what we need to keep doing so that when and if those state and federal agents are gone, we're still filling hotels. There was a mention by Mayor Villalobos on $25 million grant that I, I guess he took the call. Maybe it was a personal call from the transportation chief up in D.C., Pete, Pete, uh, Pete Buttigieg, $25 million. What is what is that money for, Roy? Yeah, that was a great surprise for us. Uh, that money is for the Anzaldúas Bridge uh, port of entry, cargo port of entry. We had just um, awarded that project. We had actually already awarded the project, and we were notified that we had that we would receive that grant. It took a lot of it took a lot of paperwork, right, to get that done because we had already awarded the project. But but uh, Secretary Buttigieg did in fact call Javier Mayor Javier Villalobos on the cell phone uh, to tell him, and that was really cool. And it's a it's a funny story in, in okay. City Hall because the mayor didn't believe it. He just said, "What?" No. And he talked to him for a couple minutes. Who is of this? Minute or Who two. gave you my number? Yeah. I can just imagine that. Yeah. So it's a really funny story. Wow. Okay. So Mayor Villalobos also mentioned 196 million dollars commercial uh, building, commercial um, construction, 1,500 plus projects as well. Is there one specific driver for this, like maybe more education, the big cancer center that's big, uh, has a big price tag to it, or is it just a, a mixed mash of a whole bunch of projects? It is a mixed uh, bag. It's, it's residential and commercial, but what we continue to see is, is multifamily development. You know, i got to give credit to uh, our former mayor, Jim Darling, uh, when I was city manager and he was mayor, he wanted us to take on this multifamily uh, thing on. And we, we knew that the demand was there and we just didn't have enough space. And so what we did was we rezoned the entire city where we thought multifamily was appropriate. We initiated that ourselves. And we continue to see you know that bang um, because multifamily is a great need, especially in today's world. Uh, uh, for for our citizens, and so we continue to see construction in that sector. Six hundred sixty-one million dollar budget for the city. How has it grown year to year? Well, we've got a lot of construction going on. That's that's a, a big part of of that budget. And, and you know, I mean, McAllen has a very diversified portfolio. We we own two international bridges. We own an airport, a convention center, performing arts, and so that. Although we've got expenses for all of that, we also have revenues that most cities in Texas don't have. And so if you look at a per capita basis, uh, our budget is very, very big. And that's the reason, because of the diversity of the portfolio. Mentioning bridges, uh, revenue was way up. I I remember Javier mentioned that. Um, Do you recall by how much the, the bridge revenue was up? No, I don't. You know, it's it's uh, that's something that is not a steady growth. You know, we see uh, bigger increases sometimes uh, than others. For instance, uh, I just saw a report yesterday. In fact, we couldn't include it in the in the state of the city because yeah. it's a very recent report. Last month, the crossings at Anzalduas was a record high. I mean, historic record of empty trucks going southbound. So the demand for trucks is tremendous and it's so important yeah, about to increase. for us to finish the cargo port there in Anzaldúas yeah. and that's why we support other bridges. And very impressive news from the airport expansion of service connection direct to Austin connection to Mexico City. And did you notice that people didn't clap when they mentioned the, the relationship with the Cowboys on the marketing side? Did you notice that no, nobody clapped? <laughs> oh, oh, okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I heard. Yeah. I heard some moans in there. That's okay. <laughs> did you hear the boo way in the back? That, that, that was me. That was me. I kid, I kid because I care. Listen, I need to touch on this, Roy, before I let you go, because this was part of the the sideline conversation 
uh, and it, it was, you know, the secret's out. <coughs> the the big manufacturer, I guess these Italians decided to go somewhere else, uh, back to China, it seems. And we may have been, we may have been scuttled as a result of the um, maybe changes in the administration and policies towards China, exports, and foreign manufacturing, despite the fact we had a bill in D.C. that was supposed to call for more chip manufacturing in our country. Um, looks like there's no way to save that project. And, I mean, is there any possibility maybe there's a competitor we could go after and say, hey, look, we had all this, and they canceled on us? What, what do you think? Well, you know what? You know, we took that, that news uh, hard, obviously, because that was going to be a good thing for the real Grand Valley. But you know what? The next day, the sun came up, and we were running. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to continue to 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 make that meter move, make that gauge move, uh, and go after companies like that. What happened there, Sergio? You, you, you're you're very very right. It had to do with the actual legislation that changed. Uh, what was going to bring that company here because of uh, their ability to compete was that it, all of those components had to be built in America. And that's a good thing for all of us. And so they changed that legislation where they allowed China to compete, and then that, that yeah, changes the whole picture. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, for now, that project is gone. And so that's, uh, that's sad news yeah. because it's out of our control. We I think so we close. did everything right, and, uh, and we would have gotten that project. I felt very confident about it. So did the MEDC. And so that's, you know, that's... That's what we're dealt, and we'll, yes, sir. Know, we'll deal Sometimes with it. Sometimes it happens that we'll way. We'll bring something else in. Yeah, well, best of luck, and uh, kudos to all the MADC gang over at McAllen Economic Development. They worked so hard for this, and gang at City Hall, all those trips, you guys at City Hall. But uh, we'll get the next one. We'll wait for the next train. Thank you, Roy. Roy Rodriguez, our city manager for McAllen. Only News Talk Station, News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Let's start this morning at City Hall, Brownsville. Our city manager, Helen Ramirez, joining us again. And before we talk about a pretty big topic, which is the effort to possibly consolidate economic development efforts for our city of Brownsville. Uh, congrats first to the gang at, at City Hall. Uh, tell me about that City Council award that that, that they won. What, what was that, Helen? Yes, it's good morning. Thank you for having me. You bet. I'm just uh, the Texas City Managers Association uh, nominee a, and award a City Council or City Commission of the Year for the state of Texas for 2023, and they have uh, nominated and uh, awarded the city of Brownsville city commission with that award. We're so excited and thank the region 10, which represents cities such as McAllen and Harlingen okay. and Drownsville and, and South Powder Island for nominating them. It, it really speaks to, uh, the award looks at transparency, leadership, uh, growth and opportunity and good governance. And so I think those are the, some of the things that we, they lay, they look at when they award that. So All congratulations right, so- and they will be, They'll be uh, awarded in in the island where the at the annual conference that we'll have here. All right. So did uh, Mayor John Cameron call Javier Villalobos over to McAllen and say, you know, hey, well, maybe next year, pal, if you work, try uh, a little harder. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm kidding. Helen Ramirez, our city manager for Brownsville. And before we talk about the EDC consolidation, uh, get some information out there on a new program I know that was recently announced by City Hall. It's a small business and nonprofit organization grant program that you're firing up right now. So tell me about that. Yes, we're really excited. Uh, normally, sometimes the grants only go to certain downtown areas, but this is really citywide. Uh, those businesses that um, have experienced hardship that have been around since 2019, and um, they get up to $10,000 of grant money. And this, the, the origin of this grant money 
actually federal money that we did for that we had uh, available for for um, COVID. And so it's so we invite all businesses uh, to submit their application by February 26th by 5 p.m. And today I invite you to if you want to learn um, about the program and how you qualify um, at the Brownsville Public Library, the Southwest Branch located at 4320 Southwest Road. Today at 10 a.m. we have a session in English and at 2 p.m. we have a session in Spanish. So también para español. So we invite all our businesses and nonprofits that, like I said, experience hardship and hopefully they can qualify for the grant and we're able to award 46 of them. Um, and so we're very excited for that and, okay. and we hope that people um, go and participate and apply. Sure. Time and location again. It's the Brownsville Public Library at the Southmost Branch, located at 4320 Southmost Road. Um, in English session will be at 10 a.m. this morning, so you can drive there this morning, or the afternoon in Espanol, a Spanish session at 2 p.m. Okay, and Helen Ramirez, our city manager for Brownsville, our guest. Yeah, Ms. Ramirez, Tim Sullivan here. Yeah, regarding the creation of this new economic development entity, and I, we've spoken with you in the past about this, but uh, but why? Why did Brownsville decide to go this route? How would this move specifically benefit Brownsville? First of all, I want to uh, make it clear that the creation of the Municipal Development District would go to the voters on May 4th, not only in the city of Brownsville, but through at our in our extraterritorial jurisdiction, which is ETJ, or our county, what, you, what someone would consider like our county growth areas. This is not a new property tax, and it's not a new sales tax for the city of Brownsville. Right now we have two great economic development corporations, which is our Brownsville Community Improvement Corporation, our type, which is a type B corporation, and our uh, Greater Brownsville Incentives Corporation, which is a type A EDC. And so the thought is, why not, you know, they each uh, receive a quarter cent sales tax, which is about $7 million each. And so what we feel is, you know, we t we've had uh, many people talk about regionalism, um, you know, the power of working together. You've probably heard our, our uh, motto, One City, which is, you know, how can we be more effective together? Uh, how can we streamline our resources and just be more effective? And so there's 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 a thought of by working we all already work together but why why not have that synergy together um, and also look at projects that include quality of life um, projects um, in fact the the um, BCIC was founded on the the thought of building the, the sports park, the beautiful sports park, 30 million sports park that we have. So the thought is let's do job creation and, and, and entrepreneurship, but also spend those um, sales tax dollars on quality of life, parks, trails, um, recreational programs, you know, those other types of programs and really be stronger together. It also would allow us to capture about um, half a cent of sales tax in the in our growth areas in our ETJ, what we call that. Right now, we don't collect anything there. So the ability, and it's not a property. So you're already paying sales tax. You would pay a little bit more in the ETJ of what you currently pay. But that would also allow us to expend money within our growth areas in Cameron County. So it really makes us, you know, how many times do we go to those areas and they're underserved for, for parks or jobs or retail? And so what this goes, given the growth that we're experiencing with, uh, with the next decade and SpaceX and, you know, the second causeway, what we can do is all those have impacts in our growth areas. So why don't we have a fund that allows us to improve quality of life and improve the way we commute or work, live, not only within our city limits of the city of Brownsville, but within our county growth areas. So it's a comprehensive strategic look at how we grow and how we're more effective as a city. Yeah. And as you mentioned, this has to go to voters. Um, <laughs> how do you write a ballot measure with language that's 
easily understandable to voters <laughs> on, on this issue because this, as you kind of alluded to, it tends to carry the possibility of getting real, real weedy here. <laughs> Sure, I completely understand. And, and and mind you, this is not new. It's been done by other cities throughout the state of Texas. And you, what you would find is more common is going from one type of EDC to another EDC. There's, so there's different ways that cities throughout Texas have either consolidated them. This would not be a city department, so I want to make that clear. It's its own entity. Um, but you know, you pose a really good question. We were hiring um, a, a team where a marketing team that will really, in, in the simplest fashion, give that information out. It's very important to our community in English and in Spanish that they clearly understand what this is and what this isn't. It's not a property tax increase because people think, oh, you know, that's what it is. It's not. Um, so there's no increase in sales tax either in the city of Brownsville. But what, it, what we're saying is it, it streamlines it and it makes it more effective to work and what are the synergies that we can have between the two EDCs, right, and the city um, and the county. So it's, it's a great way to be able to afford a lot of projects that we want to be able to build or, um, or attract businesses that it's difficult to attract, yeah. um, not only in the city, but also in our growth area. Yeah. So I think we have to think of, you know, the bigger picture. And so, yes, part of our due diligence is educating in that bigger picture. So I hope to be on with more information and share some of our marketing collateral so people understand exactly um, you know, what we're headed toward. This is not to be, this is meant to be open and transparent and a great conversation with the community on this. In just a short amount of time, I mean, I recall, I think it was almost 20 years ago when the city split it to two, and I think it was a vote uh, for the voters as well back then. When we had one entity, went to two, A and B, and now we're going back to, to one, uh, I guess, to provide more muscle for economic development. So again, May, May what is the date? May 4th? May 5th? When is the... Uh, May, the yeah, May 4th. May, May 4th. May 4th elections. Yeah. But we'll, you'll, yeah, and you'll see a lot of... We'll, send, we'll be sending a lot of content out in the next couple of weeks in English and Spanish and really uh, holding community workshops so people really educate, right? The education is... But that's the power, right? Because if you don't educate yeah. and, and you yeah. need to simplify these yep. things that can be very complicated. So yeah. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, and we'll continue but, um, our conversations on the radio on this as, as often as, uh, as we need. And, of course, you're welcome on the afternoon program as well. Helen, thank you for the update. Our city manager for Brownsville, Helen Ramirez. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Let's get a status report on some of the big projects in the area for the roadways from the Texas Department of Transportation. Our engineer is Pete, Pete, Pete Alvarez. Let's start at the interchange. We're almost done there, right, Pete? Yes, sir. Good morning, Sergio. Yeah, we are getting very close to wrapping up the uh, I-2, I-69C interchange there at FAR. <clears throat> we were met our goal of opening the direct connector that came from Hardingen through through that interchange in north towards Edinburgh. We wrapped that up and opened it up back on December the 29th. So we met the goal there. Uh, we are now anxious to um, you know, have substantial completion. We anticipate that being uh, this April. And so a lot of work going on. We have experienced some major uh, challenges when it comes to the weather. Uh, ice events, rain events, and things of that nature have caused a little bit of a delay. But the contractor is working with Texas very closely to try and make up some of that time. 
April is when we anticipate, uh, end of April is when we anticipate having substantial completion on the interchange job. And so when do you do the big party, ribbon cutting, bring all the politicians down here and cut some cake? When do you do that? That'll probably be a little bit later on, maybe huh. late May, early June time frame. Huh. I want to make sure that uh, all the final features, aesthetics, landscaping, things of that nature are all wrapped up. This is a huge thing. This is the biggest project ever led here in the Valley, $303 million. Uh, so, yeah, we are uh, anxious to, to make that happen, uh, showcase the Valley, put the Valley on the map, if you will. And so we are very excited for that opportunity. I want to say thanks and kudos, because, and I experience this quite often when I head north to the clinic up in San Antonio. Uh, Prima, that go around, that, connect, that highway connection is beautiful. It's done. I know they still got some construction signs and slow down traffic, but it's, it's, a nice, it's nice to have the highway go around Prima. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, now we've got Fafudias Prima. We sure could use, and I know this is not your district, but I, I ask you every time, because eventually, I, I you know, we'd like to see, you know, the uh, go around town for Three Rivers and uh, just south of that, uh, George George West. Might that happen in our right. lifetime? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, in fact, uh, our, our neighbors to the north of Corpus Christi District uh, have been working with, with us here. Uh, real quickly on the uh, Premont Relief Route, that saves a lot of time. And, you it know, does. you don't have to slow down. You just do 65 and go through there. I, I go to Austin every other week, it seems like. And so, yeah, I really enjoy that relief route as well. And then, really, that was the last light, if you will, from the valley heading north to San Antonio. That was the last light uh, before George West. And now in George West, we have 59. Typically, when I head up north, I take a right there on 59, catch 37, and then I'm on my way. It's about five more miles, but it saves time. And so it's one of those things, you trade time for, for mileage, and uh, yeah, I, I do anticipate Corpus Christi is working uh, to get that done. Uh, State Highway 44 between Alice and Corpus is also another one that potentially could be a connection. But yeah, there's there's no doubt in my mind what that is, in the next uh, 10 to 15 years we'll have a, a, a direct connection to the interstate. Uh, well, before I throw it to Tim, what's the plan by the Corpus office? Uh, are they going to use that connection at George West to connect to 37 more direct or, or go all the way up to... That's correct. Okay. That's, yeah, that's so as you're driving in, into into George West, you hang a right, direct connection to 37, and then head north, if you will. Okay. So that is the plan to make it easier. We're getting an update on our on the roadways here in the area here in the South Texas. Our district engineer for the Texas Department of Transportation for our district is Pete Alvarez. Yeah, Pete. Tim Sullivan here, as, as long as we're getting updates, uh, where do we sit on the other big, big project for the Valley? I, and I, I know at least part of it is funded. It's the International Trade Corridor, Southern Hidalgo County. Has construction begun, at least on the initial part of that, that very crucial route? Yeah, see, so the IBTC <clears throat> project, uh, we have the environmental documents and schematic uh, now we're in the process of actually doing the design. We anticipate the starting construction in the spring of 2026. So that is our goal, to start construction in the spring of 2026. Where do you, start, where do you start that route? Uh, so that route connects uh, basically just north of the Far International Bridge, where the current 365 tollway is under construction okay. uh, in the I-Road area. Mm -hmm. And then it would head east and then turn north and connect... Uh, around Valverde, uh, there in the Alamo Donna area, that would be where, where the intersection point with I-2. And uh, coincidentally, that's the State Highway 68 project that TxDOT is working on and that eventually will head north and tie in just north of the Edinburgh Airport on 281. So the toll road portion of, of that corridor is, the construction is underway. That is correct. Uh, we anticipate uh, Idaho County RMA, kudos to them. Uh, we've been working with them closely. Anticipation is September 2025 that that project would be completed. So as we wrap up the uh, the 365 tollway, we'll initiate the IBTC project, <clears throat> head north, and then we will also be starting State Highway 68 from that point. So three projects, major projects that will connect basically the ports of entry uh, north to US 281. Uh, they're on their way. And when you talk about State Highway 68. Is TxDOT still encountering some landowner opposition with respect to that, or have you been able to uh, maneuver around uh, some of the some of that property and, and, and get a good route north? Yeah, so we've done some some modifications 
to the route uh, to mitigate some of those concerns that have been brought up by the various property owners. When you have a project of this size, there's <clears throat> basically uh, 1,000 acres of right-of-way acquisition that needs to be acquired, about 300-plus property owners to, to, to deal with. And so you're going to find some challenges, but we have been able to mitigate those, uh, finding a, an alternative route, if you will, that will minimize the impacts uh, to that area. Pete Alvarez with TechStot, our guest. We're getting an update on some of the road projects and future, future projects, including what's the latest, what are the latest conversations on that much-desired, hoped-for second causeway for South Padre? Yeah, so we're excited. Uh, you know, back in December, uh, our TechStot commission approved a minute order to bring the second causeway on system, mm-hmm. which means there's going to be a state roadway. Actually, it'll be known as State Highway 104. So this, uh, this project, uh, we're working very closely with our partners in Cameron County, the Cameron County RMA, South Padre Island, and TechStot are working in partnership to, to continue the environmental studies that are needed. Uh, we anticipate environmental clearance for a project of this size to happen in the summer of 2026. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the, the tagline, if you will, the price line, um, you know, we talked about the interchange being the biggest project ever. This uh, the second causeway is going to trump it. It's going to be somewhere between seven hundred million to one billion dollars. Uh, we have a new build. record. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, to build inflation. Mile project. It's inflation. It's inflation. Yeah, well, the part of it is inflation, but uh, when you have an eight-mile-long bridge plus another three miles inland, uh, that that uh, is a substantial uh, uh, price line. But it's much needed. Uh, it'll improve safety, pro- improve connectivity, mobility in the area. And, and so we're excited to work with our partners in Cameron County to deliver the project. You will be able to drive across that long expanse by in what year, would you say? <laughs> my, my best guess at this point, uh, it'll be three years or so after the environmental clearance uh, at the earliest 2029, 2030 time frame. Hmm. More realistic, 2030. That's not too bad. All right. Thank you, Pete, for the update. Be safe, my brother. Our area engineer, right, thank you. Far District, Texas Department of Transportation, Pete, Pete, Pete Alvarez. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. We are undergoing an economic revolution, transformation in the RGV. My goodness, let me pinch myself again. I cannot believe we're living in these times. And we need our local colleges, universities, even the local school districts. They're going to be needing to step it up and get our local verticals, our local population trained to sop up some of these thousands of jobs. We're just looking at the Port of Brownsville right now. Richard Mesquias is Vice President, External Relations, also in charge of Workforce Ideas over at Texas Southmost College. Mr. Mesquias, Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. So let's start there with the last conversation we had with an economic development director in, over at City Hall in Brownsville. They were telling us about 4,000 jobs that will need to be filled at the Port of Brownsville in one industry, LNG, between now and the end of the year. Those jobs are in construction and all sorts of trades related to construction. So tell me how TSC can help out with that. So the TSC College, the workforce Development Division has been building an inventory for years now, preparing for this. And part of the industry recognized inventory that we've built is welding, pipe fitting, rod busters, scaffolding, our electrical program. And when we look at these programs, and we and we know what industry is looking for, such as Bechtel. Bechtel's your biggest employer in these in this particular project. Yeah. We've had ongoing relationships, ongoing conversations with them to prepare for this. We currently have been having um, 
weekly conversations on the welding program. Yesterday we had several of the superintendents from the Bechtel Welding Program visiting us, going through the actual department, talking to our instructors. They left here with comments like, we're very pleased, we're glad you're ready, we're glad you already have a cohort of close to 100, but we're going to need more. <laughs> so we're in the planning. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We're in the, yes. And so when you, when you have that kind of uh, response, it's like, but what, when can I start another class? Yeah. And how can I double that? And so our partnership with uh, Brownsville ISD, um, under the leadership of Nelly, Dr. Nelly Cantu, Benita Vargas, that's been very helpful because they, they manage that career technical education program for the high school. Just to give an example, we started a, a partnership under the pipe fitting program. We already have 30 students, high school students, coming to our center in partnership, building that cohort. Well, yesterday, Bechtel says, that's good, and you have a class of 15 separate to that, but we need more. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, you, you can imagine the pressure we feel. Yeah. Well, it's a good problem to have. Boomtown USA, it's, it's amazing to see all these thousands of jobs coming to the area. Again, very specific to the construction of the LNG node. How, and by the way, you mentioned BISD. Uh, Edinburgh uh, Consolidated Schools, they've got an amazing program where they're also teaching welding. I think more school districts could probably step up their game and, and try to provide that pipeline of employment, get our kids ready for that. But then they need to be safely introduced, like side-by-side side with some of these Bechtel-contracted experts that some of them might be from the Valley coming back home, like get them side-by-side side for welders and pipe fitting and electrical and, and all that. It's, it's a daunting task. So, so I'm glad you mentioned the safety portion of it and being alongside. And, and yes, let me, let me say that this is not a one and done. We, we need everybody to step up. We need all the ISDs to step up, all the colleges to step up. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take us all to rise these boats up. It's going to take all of our expertise that we have and now start to draw on these people that are coming from out of town. We currently, just, to, just in our pipe fitter alone, our instructor, is from is from Brownsville, but has been traveling, literally the United States doing pipe fitting. We hired him uh, last month. He started a cohort. We currently are in the process of hiring another pipe fitter that has been out of the area, who is is obviously wanted to come home and teach here and help our students here. So you know, many of the people are going to start to come back and help us with the teaching. So that's a good thing because uh, instructors we need with a lot of experience in the Bechtel field. One of the things that we um, recognize is that the industry wants us to specifically teach our students NCCR, and that stands for National Center for Construction Education and Research. NCCR covers a lot of safety, along with our OSHA 10 that also covers safety. But when they get that, they understand that these high school students, these younger people that have never had a job or in construction specifically in these, in these very skilled jobs, if they get this training with us, they have, a, they have what we call a stackable. They've already stacked that portion of the job that they're, they're expecting somebody to show up with that skill set. The next skill set is to go into that welding program. So these organizations, when, when a particular employee leaves our certification with those stackables, they're immediately hireable. In charge of workforce issues, Vice President of External Relations from Texas Southmost College, Richard Mesquias, our guest. And all this training, Richard, man, it, it's going to require a lot of money, like workforce money, training money. Uh, do we have a pool that we can front load all this and maybe get some school districts more excited and expand their programs as well to try to meet this demand? So we've been very fortunate that we have a board of trustees in the college under the leadership of Adela Garza, Mr. Herrera, Mr. De Leon, Mrs. Aldrete, Alejandro, Dr. Savaleta. They have been very supportive in this vision with money. They've been very supportive on what resources do you need? How can we help? And when you have that, and then you have other foundations that private foundations that we're currently in discussions with to help us. 
And then we currently have our, our TSC foundation as well. And when you get that kind of support, the money's there. We also have support from the Workforce Cameron Solutions. You know, they're helping us upload a lot of these programs into WIOA, which is going to help a lot of the underserved uh, population. So we're getting support. We're getting there. Always, you know, the, you know, the, the, uh, the saying is all, uh, more is better, but we need to build it. We need to, we need to share the vision with those funders. We need to share that with our leadership to, to show them the numbers, to show them where the growth is, to show them the additional equipment we need. You know, next week I'm going to Delmar. Delmar's been doing a rodbuster course for Bechtel because all the refineries are there. Mm-hmm. And so they've been doing this for years. Okay. Well, the president has invited us to go over there to, yeah. to understand that program, to build it here. Yeah. And Delmar that's up in Corpus Christi, the, the college up there. Yeah. So the final thought is that uh, as a college, we are prepared to help the community. We are, we are getting um, our partnerships to communicate with us, to share with us what their vision, what their expectations are. And so that is a recipe for, for success. Right. Our goal is to get these people trained and in those jobs. Good luck, amigo. Thank you, sir. You got uh, your plate full right now. You got a lot of work to do. Thank you, Richard. Richard Mesquias with Texas Southmost College. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710-KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.